0: Hi, guys, welcome to episode 23 of The Green Room. I am joined once again by James. James, hello. Hi, Nick. How are we? I am not too bad at all. Not good. too bad at all. Have
1: we got anyone else here today?
0: We have uh, Harry. <laughs> Hi there. Hi, Harry. How are, how are you? Very good. How are you?
2: Not too bad. Glad it's Friday. Mm-hmm.
0: Excellent. Aunt Will. And um, we've got a special guest underneath us, Rufus, Jim's dog. Yeah, my dog's
1: here. So uh, at the moment, he's being quiet. He may just not be in a minute.
2: Watchers of the YouTube might uh, might recognise him from the front of your coffee mug most days.
1: Yes. No, I do have him on my coffee mug. I'm a big fan of my dog. Um, how, uh, moving completely off dogs, how is everyone?
0: I'm very well. I'm actually extremely happy. Just want to say thanks to all of our viewers on YouTube because we hit over 500 subscribers. So mm-hmm. keep them coming. If you like what we, what we do... Um, hit the subscribe button. Uh, there's also a little bell there. So if you click on that, then every time we launch a video, you'll get a little notification on your email or on your phone or device.
1: But uh, what about people who aren't watching us? How who, else would you listen to us?
0: Maybe you can explain that. To okay, us.
1: fine, I'll explain. So this is a podcast. So, in theory, when you talk about videos, you know, I know you're big on YouTube, but um, really, uh, you should be listening to our dulcet tones while traveling in the car. Or doing something else. That's the
0: safest way, obviously, if you're traveling.
1: <coughs> yes. Um, so, uh, in order to do that, uh, you head over to the Green age website, and at the top of the Green age website, there is a little button that says podcast. It says our podcast, in fact. And you click on that, and then there are various mechanisms by which you can stream what we're doing. Uh, so, we have Apple Podcasts, we have Spotify, we have me Stitcher, and um, we have TuneIn, Tune-in Radio. radio. Yeah. And our podcast is hosted by Podbean, so you can even go there and listen to it and get other very interesting podcasts. Um, I've said our podcast is very interesting. I hope people find it interesting. Maybe I've elevated ourselves slightly higher than we should be, but anyway. Um, What are we talking about today?
0: So we're just going to talk about ways we can reverse the effects of climate change. So there's going to be some quite interesting little... uh, topics and uh, so later. this is,
1: okay fine so this, so this is a basically a list pulled together by a group of scholars and scientists and entrepreneurs and other, other sorts um, and basically they came up with a big list of how many, how many were in the total list there's
2: a hundred in the total list
1: hundred things that could do to reverse climate change um, and essentially when it's talking about climate change we're focusing specifically on greenhouse gases um, so uh, the plan is we're going to Kind of start. Go through a few of them. We should Let's mention the then.
2: name of the list. It's called Project Drawdown.
1: Project Drawdown. Yeah. Wow. That is a catchy and what's,
0: title. And um, what um, was it like? A UN sponsored thing, or was it just?
2: It's actually it's um, it's a non profit organisation made up of people from twenty two different countries, um, and there's like loads of different scientists, really high high up people, and climate activists and stuff. Um, but all with the aim of kind of reversing the effects of, of greenhouse gases. Um, so they don't actually enact anything. What they do is they put together this list and then they push for um, governments to do something with
1: it. Should we, I mean, going through it, do you think we should throw, throw a little spam in the works here? Do you think we should do a countdown to the biggest thing?
2: You wanna go ten to
1: one? Which which is interesting because I've stolen your notes here and it's definitely in the other order. It's one to ten. Yeah, let's
2: um, go ten to one.
1: So then we can announce, you know, then hundred to ninety hundred to ten are boring. Yeah? So yeah. it's mainly the top ten. Hundred to eleven, should I say. So top ten we're gonna start. So yeah? You mm-hmm. like this? Yeah. yeah you like this we're doing? Very good. So the tenth best way. Should we should we fly through any of between eleven and hundred?
2: Uh, I I will put we'll put a link to it on Fine. um can
1: You read day? them at your leisure. They're
2: very interesting.
1: So number 10. The 10th best way to cut climate change is rooftop solar. So producing electricity from sunlight, Um, which uh, actually comes as no surprise at all. It's made the top 10. Would you say?
2: Yeah, I'm surprised by um, solar being kind of so, so high... Um, uh, on the
0: uh, list. So it's so we talked about in previous episodes. It's it's what apart from the concentrated solar, in terms of solar PV technology, rooftop solar is the most efficient way of using solar PV energy. Mm. Um, uh, in in a yeah in a kind of most economical way. So uh, yeah. But the, but the so it's so at the moment about
1: zero point four percent of our electricity comes from solar PV, and that's globally. Um, but they reckon by 2050, <clears throat> that could be up to
2: 7%. See, that's this is one of the things. So they, the, the way that they've done um, uh, Project Drawdown is is fascinating. They use loads of experts and everything. But um, all their kind of results are based on where projected, where we could slash should be by 2050.
1: Which is good, because that coincides with our government's own aims to make us carbon neutral.
2: Exactly. Mm. And they also um, put uh, finances on there, which are very, very interesting. Um, but one of the things they have on there, you know, from 0.4%, which, to be fair, I think was in 2050, it might be a little bit more now, but 7% in 2050, that's very ambitious.
0: Mm. Is it? Don't you think? No. I think so. 7%? Yeah. That's going to be a hell of a lot of rules. Yeah.
1: But they're not going to be here, and they're not going to be in the UK. <laughs> I'm not being a NIMBY here, but the weather's crap.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. I mean, they're going to be in sensible places where the sun actually shines. The mm. other
2: assumption they've made is that the price will continue to drastically fall. I mean, we all know that solar's gotten a lot more um, economical, mm. um, but they're the definitely banking on it continuing like that.
0: Well, well let's it, go through the figures. Yeah. So, so for rooftop solar, um, according to uh, this study, so they think yeah. if 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 it gets to the seven percent, as you talked about, it will reduce CO two emissions by twenty four point six gigatons. Gigatons. Sorry, you're sounding a bit like. Uh... It's not
1: J with a J. Yeah, it's good, with a G. I'm sounding like uh, uh, Back geek? to the Future. <laughs> 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 this for some <laughs> massive
0: uh, Back to the Future fan. Yeah. You're fine. Um,
1: <laughs> so completely justifies it. Okay.
2: Capacitor on here. Right.
1: So, but cost wise, four hundred and fifty three billion dollars. It's like Austin Powers moment. That is a serious. Amount of cash,
0: however Almost s- half a trillion dollars, isn't it?
1: Almost half a trillion. Mm-hmm. However the savings are three and a half trillion. So, you know
2: All the money here is in US dollars, that's how they published the study. Usually.
1: Yeah. What's save- when it's one to one parity with a pound.
0: But the, sa- what's the so what's the saving? Is this the kind of the effects of if if it hadn't been in place, this is what mm-hmm. the cost of the CO two exactly. would be to them. It's
2: more to do with the cost of um, what how we make the energy otherwise. Right. Um, so again, one of the reasons that's so high is that they count on it falling by quite a lot. The, the estimation see. is that at the moment, or when the, pub- the study was published a couple of years ago, it was at about eighteen hundred dollars um, per kilowatt. Um, whereas so they, they think, estimate it will be six hundred. So they think it'll be cheaper. Potentially so they
0: think it'll be a public. third
1: cheaper. Yeah, basically
2: By to, to, to install it. Okay.
1: And I think at that stage, then tariffs. You know, uh, where we have um, tariffs to encourage people. Do I mean tar, do yeah, tariffs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, where we had,
2: where we had the feed-in tariff, and what are we about to have? a SEG, seg.
1: So guarantee. Fine. Um But they. That's our remembrance. But then, wouldn't that be good if we didn't need them? Yeah. Was that my acronym? Yes. God. It feels same. like it's been a long week. The I do what's happened. Anyway, right, so, ten rooftop solar.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so we're going for ways that are better than rooftop solar. So
2: by rooftop solar as well, what we mean is pretty much domestic solar. Mm-hmm. The ones that you have on your roof at home, not the...
1: <clears throat> right, I'm excited about Nick telling me about number nine.
0: Silver pasture. Is that how <laughs> you pronounce it? What is... Silver pasture.
2: Had either of you heard of it before you read I, it? I think
0: it? I think this was this is when you laughed at me when I showed you that video uh, right. of that. Um,
1: oh, that desert thing. Yes, oh,
0: because basically, um, the, I don't know what the name of the scientist. It's quite a famous. Um, it's quite a famous uh, organization. So where it's a, it's a fella who uh, well obviously as a zoologist spent most of his time in, in Africa. Fellow zoologist. zoologist. He spent most of his time in Africa and in, in I think, the 60s or 70s, um, he was advising the kind of African governments at the time about the best way to control the elephant population. And he suggested like a massive cull of the elephants to what he said afterwards was the biggest regret he ever um, he had to deal with. So it was one of his things to kind of readdress that. He wanted to kind of solve this problem of uh, des- desertification mm-hmm. in, in the sub-Saharan um, parts of the world. Where basically, when it happens, it it just really affects the communities because every year the crop yields go down, um, the, the land just just gets worse and worse, and people have to migrate because you know they, they can't uh, grow enough food for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, um, what he did then with his study, he he followed because um, you know he looked at the past and, and uh, looked at where desertification happened all around the world, and and he found that where. Um, the kind of live large stocks of uh, wild animals, where they used to kind of just graze, mm. and then they poo, yeah, um, and basically just go somewhere else and just do the whole thing again. So it's kind of called group um, uh, grazing, but by these by these animals, um, that that actually was responsible for um, you know uh, re-fertilizing the land. So when people got rid of buffalo and 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 you know, kind of large herds of animals like that, that the, the land itself got worse and worse because that process was affected.
1: So it makes sense. So basically, instead of using organic fertilisers, use nature fertiliser.
2: This, yeah, I mean, it's all Fancy. to do with management of land. The silver pasture thing is slightly different, but it's all to do with kind of how, how we use our livestock, given, you know, that we know that they're... A, a so they've got to mimic
0: basically what the animals like the buffalo or the no not really no
1: no not really this is basically where you have trees and that sort of thing you also have animals
2: or where you have animals you also plant trees and whatnot um uh pastures with trees will um, take in about 5 to 10 times as much carbon storing it in soil as well as in um you know all your biomass your trees your plant
1: and but what it means is that for there are benefits for farmers and that sort of thing because Obviously, you tend to have things. For example, I have my raised garden, my raised bed, where Mm. I grow my vegetables, and things become ripe at different times. And so, if you have your animals and you have your trees and plants and all that sort of stuff, tends to give um, the produce at different times. Mm. So that's useful for them, um, because it certainly allows them to diversify what they're doing. So they're generating income on different time horizons, which I like um but also uh, the health and productivity of both animals and plants improves so the cost of doing it is uh, actually far less than the solar like much much less than solar, solar. so we're looking at 42 million sorry 42 billion dollars but the savings from doing it is 700 billion
2: and that's all through their diversification thing so you know um Crops failing for a farmer, or not crops failing, but maybe, you know, foot and mouth wipes out their livestock, they've still got, you know, the mushrooms, the nuts, the fruit from the trees. Mm. Um, so that's a big thing.
1: I'm, if I hadn't had notes, then I definitely wouldn't have known what silver pasture is. And I don't think it was a million miles away from what you were talking about. Yeah. Slightly different, so different. But you know, fun.
2: it's weird. There's loads of things on this list where you're like, "Oh wow, I really haven't thought." of that yeah,
0: I'm surprised. <laughs> that's Hearts. what they found. A word I'd
1: never heard of is ninth on the list. So
0: yeah, where they where, um, uh, so where, where this this up uh, this other um, uh, thing I'm talking about, basically where humans kind of um, killed off large herds of anim- wild animals, that accelerated the desertification mm-hmm. process. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to mimic him with. Livestock, so i.e., what the buffalo or the herds used to do. I I love the way you're just playing
1: through with this. (laughs) Okay, should we go on to the next one? (laughs)
0: Let's go on to the next one. (laughs)
1: Because maybe the one you're talking about is going to come in the top 10. It's going to come higher than 8th. It's unlikely. Uh, (laughs) Right, number 8. So the 8th thing, the 8th sort of best thing that we could do um, is solar farms. So much like solar PV on roofs, these are the massive collections of, well, the massive solar arrays where you've got hundreds of thousands of solar panels potentially in the same place. Um, And they are, when they're that dense, they're beginning to produce proper, proper power. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the general kind of picture of it. The... um, I'm gonna let Harry explain the net cost of this one because I'm excited about it.
2: <laughs> okay, is that because the net cost is a minor? Yes. Okay, so that's again because of the falling the falling cost of solar versus um, nuclear, th- not even versus nuclear versus other forms of energy that may be available. Okay. So their estimation on project drawdown is that um, it will become it will save a lot of money. It won't okay. cost any money. I'm not laughing at you. I'm
1: just looking at Nick is still going back to number... No, no I'm, I'm just trying to get the name of what it No, was no, called. no, I'm
2: not.
0: I'm
1: not. No, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> it, it will all make sense at the end of the podcast. It's fine.
2: Okay, good. Um, so, yeah, so, so this is one that shouldn't... Theoretically, um, uh, over the next 20, 30 years, won't cost us anything and could, you know, save us um, 80.6 billion. And then with net saving of... Five
1: trillion. So, very good. But the but the actual carbon bit, which I think is oh. what the, what the top ten is based in, yeah, it reckons 37 giga. Giga. Yeah, giga yes. or jigger? Jigger. Oh, I'm going giga.
2: Like a gif, yeah. not a jif. No, it's giga. Yeah. It's definitely
1: like gigabyte. It's definitely yeah. giga. Um, 37 giga... Tons. 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 Yeah. Gigaton is massive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of CO2.
2: Um, An interesting thing about that, um, so you can read, Project Drilldown is really great because you can read all about their methodology on everything. The methodology on that one is interesting. They assume that there's going to be a learning rate of 19.2% over the next 31 years. Now, to me, um, I haven't drilled down all the way far into it, but that seems to me like they're counting on a lot of uh, development of the technology.
1: I'd, having seen that guy fly over the channel on a hoverboard, <laughs> all of these things now seem possible in my mind. I have 19.2% seems relatively sort of unambitious.
2: They think that, I mean, all of the, the numbers they use it. they say are very conservative. I think it's maybe, I don't know. Right.
1: Number seven. Hmm. Far away, next.
2: Six and seven together. Six and seven. Hmm.
0: Um, I think it's a little bit controversial. So uh it's talk talking about educating girls and family planning in the developing countries.
1: Well it makes sense. So ah. this population is, control. I it
2: actually is, it's not just developing countries, it's uh, global. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah.
1: But it's but it is very much population control. So how many people live in the world at the um, moment? Eight about
0: billion. About eight and a half billion.
1: And so obviously if we can curb that, not as in we've got to take it down drastically, but then you're gonna
0: I I I I kind of Disagree with that anyway, because I think um, by the nature of it, every every year, every decade, the world the world is getting uh, more affluent, and as as people come kind of come out of poverty, it was just people tend to, you know, no, but
1: that but that doesn't make sense because over here, so as someone who lives in the UK, yeah, you, know, you are producing more carbon dioxide, all greenhouse gases, than someone in the developing world potentially. Just because of the very nature of, we have homes that need to be heated, and we all drive cars. You know what I mean. Whereas if you're not driving a car, if you're not doing this sort of stuff, then obviously that's not the case.
2: Mm. I mean, there's 22, uh, those 225 million women in lower income countries that have said that they want the ability to choose their um, whether they have children or not, but um, they lack the access to uh, contraception and also to education. The reason that this is point um, six and seven together. Basically what they did, they said that the two are too, so inextricably linked, educating women and uh, family planning, that they couldn't pick apart it, 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 like where to stop. So it, in the um, ranking, they've literally just taken the carbon and split it down the middle.
1: But the carbon savings of that, they reckon it's over 100, um, 100 gigatons... Of carbon dioxide, yeah. Right? So they put it equivalent, one
2: each. yeah.
1: But but that is plenty. I mean, that is seriously big numbers. That, so, that
2: if there was one point, that would be at the top of the list.
1: Yeah. So as controversial as it is, I mean, the numbers are big, and they can't put costs on it. They don't know what the savings would be. Um, I'm assuming because the numbers would be too big.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's too variable. And also, you know, obviously a big part of it is low-income countries where you're much less likely to have access to contraception and things. But, I mean, it's not only that. I mean, look at the American South. In the US, about 45% of pregnancies are unintended. And that is
1: unbelievable. It's, is that true?
2: That's from the Project Drawdown website. That's the statistics. 45% of
1: pregnancies in the US are unintended.
2: That doesn't necessarily mean they're unwanted, states. but it means they're not the plan.
0: But that's not, thr- not a whole of the United States, as you said, actually, certain states, right? In the,
2: that's, that's US. The whole of US. Well, well yeah, including... well, we can we can link to the um, the statistic for that. But, mm. um, yeah.
1: Um, okay. Right.
0: Yeah, I just we'll think people have lots of children in the developing world just because of poor access to um, medic- medication and, uh, you know, kind of clean amenities. So there's a lot more fatality- fatalities and uh, people generally have bigger family sizes because... You know, most people because of those factors and and access to food don't make it till till old age. So mm-hmm.
1: disagree
0: So people I'm have bigger families. So when you when you grow older, you want your culturally people you look after the uh, the parents. Mm. I'm, I'm
1: may, gonna disagree on that. Yeah, I disagree one as well. This is a good one.
0: <laughs> no, I just I don't really like this point, but okay, uh, So
1: we're gonna jump on to the next point. So this is this is actually a really easy, easy one to get. So tropical forests, right? So of so back in the day, well not back in the day, not that long ago, before we came along, essentially before humans came along, um, tropical forests covered about twelve percent of land mass, uh, and now they cover just five percent. And that is basically because obviously we need places to live, and we are working the land harder, and crops are more valuable than random forests and trees and that sort of thing. Um, And so, obviously, when you have a tree, as it's growing, it absorbs carbon dioxide. It locks that in. Um, You know, it uses that carbon dioxide in photosynthesis, creates energy, et etc., et cetera, um, and the plant grows, uh, and so it's locking in that carbon dioxide. So as soon as you cut those trees down, number one, you tend to then burn the tree, releasing mm. that carbon dioxide back into the atmosphere, but obviously that tree no longer exists to absorb any other carbon dioxide. So it's kind of like a double whammy, that one. Um, so that is, it's a really obvious one, that one, um, I think. And I think the the palm oil thing kind of flows into this. Mm. So I'm just taking this one and run with it. But like palm oil is, I don't know why it's suddenly become so popular, but it's um it basically the farmers get paid obviously to to take down trees and plant big palm oil plantations, and it's causing massive massive issues and it goes into everything, you know, and it's a real real issue and I think we need to try and stop using that if we can. But okay, so according to
0: statistics, sixty one point seven. Gigatons, sorry, sixty-one point two three gigatons of CO two emissions saved by twenty fifty if we yeah didn't act at that point.
2: That's basically if we um, took of the seven hundred and fifty one million acres um, that are estimated we you know um, could be restored of um, degraded land in the tropics, if we um, were to re um, reinvigorate sixty percent of that, then that's how we'd get to that figure.
0: Which, I, yeah. I thought in England we're quite good at um, replanting trees. We
1: are, but we don't have tropical forests here, apart from in Kew Gardens. It,
2: it, all helps. <laughs> it all
1: helps. No, no, I know what you mean. Though, like, I just, I, I completely agree with you. But I feel that we just don't have very much sort say. Of natural forests.
0: Yeah.
1: We do. I mean, we do, but not when you compare it to like rainforests and stuff, because they yeah. are serious, serious acreage of trees
2: and also better at storing carbon i think because um, they aerate the soil better don't they mm,
1: exactly so,
0: like, mm-hmm. um do you want to go number four a plant-rich diet james that's that's going to reduce our co2 emissions okay so, i know how much you like meat so <laughs> basically what well, this point says yeah uh we, we might have to cut down our habits mm-hmm. so whether well, we, so en- so we, we just, just, can we just lunch. enjoy for lunch yeah that would be a no-no
1: okay um, this is a really good fact, I like this one, if you can going to take one thing from today. If cattle were their own nation, they'd be the world's third largest emitter of greenhouse gases. Well, that's a good fact.
2: But they wouldn't have very good society. They wouldn't have very good society. Well, <laughs> no, maybe they would. Maybe they would.
1: <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and this is now banded around a huge amount. And I think the government are actually trying to pull together a bit of a paper as I say, Radio Four this morning. I don't often listen to Radio Four, so when I do, I have to tell people about it. Um, but they were talking about uh, there's a study at the moment. The government are looking to advise people on to increase uh, to increase the amount of plants and vegetables in their diets.
2: Well, we talk about it quite a lot in our office, actually. We do, as, as you both know. I'm a vegetarian. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, really? Mm. I never talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and uh, yeah somewhere down the line there will definitely be a food based podcast where I get you guys to try some tofu and, um, and probably to make you cry
1: <laughs> I, do, I don't yeah I, I actually don't have a problem with it um, no
0: I have a to, problem with tofu
1: I have a problem with tofu but my main issue right is so I have uh, I once I once this sounds so bad I'm 36 but anyway I had, I had a month of eating no meat right so I just had vegetarian diet it takes so long to cook a vegetarian meal that tastes of anything?
2: No, you're doing it wrong. Because be so I've got veg. Have... Like
1: <laughs> I really like veg. Yeah, but then but then I also like the protein. The meat. I think
2: that I think that it's very difficult for people to get out of a mindset, especially here in the UK, where it's meat and two veg. That's the thing. And so when you make a meal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when you make a meal, you start with the meat and then you kind of add the vegetables around it and you add the other stuff around it. But your central thing is mm-hmm. always the protein. Um, so I think it's hard to get people to um, kind of think about food in a different way. Mm. Um, and, you know, to, um, to to teach people to cook in different ways. But um, certainly in terms of um, what personally we can do for climate change it's one of the biggest things a person can do is... Um,
1: Maybe we'll have a podcast and we'll do well, this in more eat, detail. People used to eat
0: less meat in before 50 years ago, you know, before it was so... Well, mass, so,
1: reduced. I watched a programme um, about the African diet compared to the European diet. And it was a bit gross, but they kind of brought on the equivalence of how big your poo would be, essentially, in a year. Like, they just wheeled it in. And the African diet, because there's so much more vegetable in it. it, was the pile was about four times bigger, well, five times bigger than the European diet... <clears throat> they don't have or their occurrence of colon cancer in africa because of the result of the increased vegetables in their diet is tiny in comparison with european diets so it is obviously it has to be better for you um depends so. what
0: part of africa yeah i suppose well
1: obviously but I'm just I'm going <laughs> european and african i'm not i'm not kind of going to
0: No cuz I was say so if you um if you are a cattle farmer in africa <laughs> and you are near some of the deserts, you have to rely on You're the, going the back livestock. to aren't you? No, no, I'm just saying <laughs> they have to just because it's harder for them to grow vegetables en masse. So yeah. they have to rely on um, kind of animal produce. Yeah. As true. part of the daily diet. But it,
1: so that is sixty six gigatons of carbon dioxide or equivalent reduced by 2050 if we were to switch to this plant-rich
2: diet. If 50% of people were to do it in the world.
1: 50%, sorry.
0: So, okay. this is interesting. So, it's saying here, if so, um, basically, we've got to get down to 2,500 calories a day.
2: If, if 50% of the world's population restricted their diet to two, 2,500 calories a day, um, uh, meat-free, um, then we could... Um, uh, yeah, that's basically how we get That's...
1: 200... 2,500 calories, quite a lot anyway. Mm. I think that's so what you s- fellas just ate with the kebabs. No, 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 they, that may well be the case. <laughs> I think it was the okay. chips.
0: It wasn't the, it was the meat. Let's move on. Um, okay, so number three, top three. That's, I mean, number three is, I mean, spot on. Go then. Redu- reducing, reducing food waste. Tell me about it. Well, so um, I always get it uh, in terms of the... What, what I don't understand is, you know the supermarkets? Yeah. So when something has reached its, its sell-by date, or it's yeah. on, on on its sell-by date, they just chuck it all away?
2: Yeah.
1: Well, um, they put it on the cheapo. Which well, is where that, you all find so that's it. That's when
2: it's on its last day, though. <laughs> the day yeah. after. That's where
1: you'll find me. <laughs>
0: so, which is, which is a, it's a good thing, yeah? So because you're kind of stopping... You know, going on to save the planet, waste and stuff like that. But uh, but surely, surely there's you know use use by date and and when it's goodbye.
1: Yeah, but then, so there are so I agree with that. But then so obviously if someone's got proper mold on, apart from bread, I wouldn't eat it.
2: My mum, yeah. my mom, my favourite um quote from my mum is Harry, if it is 90% mold, it's still 10% food. <laughs> okay. That woman does not like her food. away. but
0: if
1: it's good, but I wouldn't. So if an egg had passed it somewhere, I would yeah, eat it. but bread, if it's got a bit of water, well, I plastic. Plastic. Yeah, yeah, it it. No, 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 there's
2: a way to test eggs, though, to see if they're plastic. If you put them in water, I think it's... If they float, then they're off. Well,
1: I, I think we should probably confirm that. Yeah. because so we kill <laughs> so everyone. To get the podcast out. Yeah, everyone's right. got salmon out <laughs>
2: um,
1: But uh, tell me more. Tell me more about reduced food waste.
0: Um, well, so... Well, basically it says... Um, uh, so a third of all, all the food that's that comes from farms or is prepared mm-hmm. does, does not ever make it to our bellies, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so it gets wasted. So that's a lot of, a lot yeah. of waste.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I was... Um, so I live in Ealing. And I was walking through Ealing. This is quite a boring story. But they have like a little farmer's market every Saturday. And they bring in shed loads of fruit, right? And it's really cheap. And I always wonder... What happens with all the fruit that they don't sell at the end of it? Because they're going to go home. They can't make like massive margins, and so they go home with just boxes and boxes of fruit with no value.
2: But then, if they—I mean, if if like your local farmer was to throw away a box of strawberries—is that as bad as um, a box of strawberries that isn't thrown away but that came from Spain? And yeah.
1: I, yeah, no, there's definitely things like that. It's and like, I
2: mean, I don't know the answer to that, but probably. <clears throat> no,
1: you know. I agree. I, I, think, and and that's why you're trying to grow things locally, I guess, for your local, you know, population, mm-hmm. which could make things after Brexit very interesting. <clears throat> um, but uh, we we shall see on that one. <laughs> but I think with um with a lot of it, like, I'd, so fruits and that sort of thing. And I don't know, this may not be true. So I'll probably get in trouble. But I think the innocent smoothies. And used to go round the supermarkets. Uh, Genuinely, this may or may not be true, but I think it sounds right. Innocent Smoothies used to go round, this is before they were bought by Coke, and they, they go round and they, they bought all the fruit that was about to go off. Mm. And it was, because it's about to go off, it's exceptionally sweet. And so that is how they make their smoothies. So they're basically they're taking a waste product from all the supermarkets, and they go and they take it very quickly from these supermarkets to their factories. And they basically turn it into these smoothies on the kind of last day that it would actually be normally viable. And you suddenly have an incredibly sweet smoothie that's very popular. And it's a really good idea. You know, it's the same thing with um taking <clears throat> it's the, same thing, but, uh, the sandwich shops in London. You know, give all their sandwiches to hundreds of people and stuff at the end of the day instead of just chucking it all away.
0: So um, another interesting point here uh, is a is distinction between wastage in developing. So I... Know, the, the Western hemisphere Sabias so and the states mm-hmm. and the rest of Europe, um, places like Japan, uh, to developing countries. So I guess, you know, places in Asia, Africa, South America, which probably, you know, there's a lot more kind of agricultural people actually grow the food that they consume. Yeah. Um, whereas our food market is is all about kind of mass consumption, supermarkets so, I think know, it's also about kind of
2: facilities. So here, you know, um, if you're transporting or, you know, specifically on mainland Europe or something, if you've got a truck that's going 500 kilometres with full of fruit and veg, then it's probably chilled, it's probably um, easy to uh, refuel, it's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Whereas in like maybe a hotter country with less infrastructure and maybe less uh, availability of uh, these kind of expensive refrigeration transport networks, then you're going to find food spoiling a lot faster, even though these countries tend to be a lot bigger and have a lot more ground to cover. So basically, we're fighting against time in a way there that I think we are doing less here. So there's more message in the supermarkets and the consumer end here, but there may be in the... Um, Earlier
0: stages, yeah, makes sense. But also, probably things like fertilizer and stuff and preservatives are probably too expensive for some of the poorest countries. So they have to, as it comes off out the ground, they've got to consume it there and then.
2: Right.
1: I think the the other thing that we have here that, again, I'm talking more developed countries, is that we like our fruit and our vegetables presented in a certain way. And so, if your tomato isn't round, it's like a weird shape. Which banana
0: is not what is it? What was the EU ruling a few years ago? So, if it was just, straight, was straight was or, was it, or was it curved, came, it? It was curved but, but it be... this is it. So, you know
1: on my <laughs> on my veg patch, you know, when it suddenly rains, all the tomatoes like swell a little bit and they split. And yeah. I it's still a tomato, it tastes vegetables like tomato. that you grow
2: at home and not a thing of beauty, but the ones in the supermarkets are always perfect, yeah. You know,
1: and so, so I think we just also need to get over that. And you
2: know, but the other thing about the food waste thing is that, um, so the, the number that they came up with on the project about a th- just over a third of it, I think, is to do with actual direct, like, food waste. Um, so if we could could cut that in half um, is their kind of ambition, and it would make a massive difference. But the other thing that would make a massive difference is reducing deforestation, because we don't have to grow as much. Yeah. And, you know, Deforestation is just such a huge thing. Um, and so if we can pull that back.
1: Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. So, <clears throat> so if we were to... Um... Uh, reduce, well, 50% of food waste was reduced by 2050. We'd avoid emissions equal to 20, uh, 25, 26 gigatons of carbon dioxide. Um, but they they reckon, so this is number three on our list here, and they reckon that if we can sort this out, it's about 70, point 70 71 yeah. uh, gigatons of carbon dioxide equivalent by 2050. And that, so
2: that's an amalgamation of uh, you know the food wastage problems and also the deforestation
1: Number two, number well, two. So done, this so is so this is another. Um, it's another power one. It's related to yes. replacement electricity. Go I've got
0: massive smiles because it's talking about onshore wind.
1: Okay, can't tell me about it.
0: <laughs> well, it's just um, you know, although we do have onshore wind turbines in the UK, I just I can't see um, them. You know, populating the countryside up and down the land. I can. I a big of, time because of. Uh, you know, the the sentiment.
2: Just before we get onto onshore wind, can you guess, James, don't look, I know you've got it in front of you, can you guess where on the list offshore wind is?
0: Oh, uh Is it between 10 and 20?
1: The cost, no, so I'm just going to write down because the cost is so expensive to get it installed.
2: 22, it's 22nd on the list, but Mm. onshore is 2nd, which I think is very interesting, especially in the UK, given how much, you know, we're putting into offshore here. Um, Um. Obviously, this is a global thing and we're talking locally when we're talking about the UK you know, in general terms. But they're
1: looking at the investment so much bigger. So if you're looking at... And I guess it makes sense. Like having a wind turbine in the middle of the Atlantic isn't going to work. But you're looking... So they're looking at investment for wind turbines offshore by 2050 is 500, 545 billion. Whereas they're looking 1.225, sorry 1.225 trillion for <coughs> wind turbines onshore so the it's essentially two two and a half times more investment yeah which makes sense because it's easier to get to turbines on shore
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i know you're not sure about onshore wind turbines uh-huh.
0: like uh, right but P-D-C- are you not sure about yeah. them well, are James. you not
2: sure about them in a uk context or are you not sure yes. about them in a global context
0: uh well globally um it's not going to be very windy in lots of places around the world uh particularly if you're <laughs> if you're Got but a the to contend climate. So, yeah, well, so again, whether it's onshore or offshore wind, it's going to have to be countries, I think, that have a maritime type climate where you can have, well, not predictable wind, but at least, you know, it's going to be at a sort of predictable um, season or it's going, to, it's going to be a certain amount of wind. Yes. That's, that's well, you don't want to v. put a
1: wind turbine, the wind never blows. Yeah, so you would, so
0: like, I don't know, middle of, it's probably a terrible example, this is Some, gonna somewhere noise. like Central Asia, like mm-hmm. desert somewhere in the middle of nowhere, where it's like not windy at all, mm. um, it just, just wouldn't work, so it has to be, uh, your, your word, the topography? Topography and and the and the weather and the um
1: we still strictly don't know what topography means yeah it sort just of just up, seems so to suit think, yeah, okay. it's, it's crept it's into
0: our language yeah. our daily language you but know? they
1: they reckon that if we if we keep going at our current rate um the onshore wind will be the cheapest way to produce electricity um hmm. within ten years which is awesome and I think the the but reason, it's
0: intermittent so all these figures are assuming a certain you know amount of wind blowing over the next. Yes. No, no.
1: Of course. Yeah, yeah. But we're hoping the wind's going to keep blowing.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Whether or not we'll be around to see
1: it. Yeah, we might not be around. But anyway, um, so so the cost is massive, right? So it's one point two five trillion dollars, but the savings are seven point five trillion dollars. So when we're looking at um, the rooftop solar, the the kind of um, the commercial solar, the numbers are a fraction of the size. And so, as a result, you know, wind turbines produce more power, etc., etc., just because there's more of them. Um, And so, we're looking at 85 gigatons um, of carbon dioxide equivalent by 2050 reduced, if we if we plough on um, with this kind of with the wind turbines, uh, which is impressive. Mm -hmm. So, wind turbines are biggie. So, number one, what is it? So, this this surprised me.
0: Is it refrigerant or refrigeration management or either either refrigerant refrigerant management is that the, the correct yeah yeah so uh,
1: I d- yeah I mean I'd say yeah
0: um, so that so that's talk so it's got here in materials. so, so it's, it's how we utilize refrigeration and and the kind of inputs into how we make the the machinery and the infrastructure, yeah? Yeah, so that. so
2: in the project, they split um they split all the different, um, the 100 different things they came up with, they split them into eight different categories, and one of the categories is materials.
0: Do they still use CFCs and stuff in, because uh, it says old style, I know that hasn't been around for like 20 years in in, um, in in refrigeration and stuff like that, so that's one thing that we did in the 90s to really reduce... Yeah,
1: we did and it made glasses. a massive difference, but they, they were replaced by HFCs, yeah, so yeah. basically,
2: in uh, in Montreal in the late '80s, um, uh, a bunch of countries came together. Um, they had a thing called the Montreal Protocol, where basically they all said CFCs, um, which James remind me of what that actually means—the chlorofluorocarbons. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Which I think we all um, no, no, have heard okay. from our science no, no, class. Day. They destroyed the ozone layer. Um, CFCs. So all these countries came together, said, okay, let's get rid of that and let's not do that anymore. However, then, so in the 90s, they start replacing it with HFCs, which I think are Corbin, probably not corbins, which um, don't harm the ozone but can warm the atmosphere by a uh, thousand to nine thousand times more. Than, um, CO2, yeah. well, yeah.
1: that's it. So, um, and I think carbon monoxide think. that's the poisonous one. No, I know it's poisonous one, but I think, in the same token as this, um, improve, uh, sort of being warm in the atmosphere at such a much higher rate, the carbon di- dioxide, I think carbon monoxide does it. One of the really nasty gases that comes out the back of cars, and I can't remember, is and that nitrogen it. Oxide. Nitro oxide? Yeah, um, is so much much worse than carbon dioxide. You use yeah. a tiny proportion of it, and it does a much
0: bigger thing. you have had blue. blue. James,
1: bloody hell, blue. So, uh, so that's easy, plan. So, what we're chat. trying to do, exactly. and I think we're trying to phase
2: out. Yeah. So again, these HFCs. it was another important kind of uh, meeting. So in Rwanda, in a place called Kigali, everybody came together in twenty sixteen when kind of climate change was starting to get a bit, you know, sexy and jazzy. Um, uh, not in America <laughs> 170 <laughs> countries came together and they amended that, uh, that, that thing from the late 80s um, and they basically said okay well now we need to get rid of HFCs which are uh, these ones with the terrible terrible output
1: and you always wonder why we didn't you know we don't have to do these bloody stepping stones all the time mm-hmm. don't we so we've got one really bad one with mm. CFCs and then we have to go halfway house HFCs to something half decent
2: but, I mean, is it half-decent? It's just it's a loose. No, HFCs aren't. solving, solving a problem with a problem. Sorry, yes. Harry,
0: here's a controversial question for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I just want to know your view on it. Um, do you think um, we are... If you, if you have had to choose, if you had to sort of... Uh, well, yeah, choose. So, do you think we are making more harm with plastics and waste in the, um, in the environment or... Through uh, warming the through greenhouse gases and uh, and global warming, what do you think's immediately worse for us?
2: I think that okay, first of all, I think that the two are inextricably linked, um, just because of the environmental impact of, of both, and also you know they go hand in hand. Um, plastic reduction is um, very harmful, um, and plastic waste is harmful. Blah blah. blah. Um, in terms of the most immediate danger, I do think that climate change is reaching. They you know we hear every week there's a news story that it's like, we're past the tipping point, the tipping point is, you know, this, this, they keep talking in the news about this kind of the point of no return for climate change.
0: Yeah. I also
2: think that something's being done about plastic in a faster way than it is um, about climate change because with energy systems, you know, you build, you build a new energy power station, no matter what it is, it's gonna take a number of years to build. And, you know, if we're saying, We've only got a limited amount of time. It's not like there's ten years left until blah blah blah. It's like there's ten years left, so we need to do it now. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would say. I think it's the waste of
0: plastic. Did. You didn't
1: ask me my comments. And well. what's your, oh
2: What's,
1: comments? what's your view? You... <clears throat> um, I think that we will. So plastics will be phased out really, really quickly, right? And they they will be, but they will just be replaced with plastic equivalents made from things like algae so we will still have them but they will just the way they're built the way they're made is going to be slightly different and therefore it will be considered cleaner but potentially it won't be in the long run that would be my that would be my thoughts
2: i think i think that there's a lot more strides being made um specifically here in the uk with replacing single-use plastics than there are with I did, so, changing climate change
1: so we do online shopping And obviously everything suddenly arrives at once, right? And you get out and you put it in fruit bowls and all that sort of stuff. It's unbelievable the amount of packaging that stuff comes with. And also, you may have noticed, my wife has an addiction to Amazon.
0: No, I'm saying... Amazon's really bad. And it's difficult to to avoid it, yeah, just because everything is relies on single-use plastic.
1: But, but someone eventually, and a supermarket will do it and make a killing from it because I think it will appeal to a huge demographic. They will say, right, we are from this day forth not going to bother a single-use plastic at all. And if you want to sell into a big supermarket, because everyone is desperate to sell into a big supermarket, because then you've suddenly made it. Because instead of selling to two tiny little shops, you've gone into one of the big brands. You've automatically suddenly got a massive reach. They will be forced to adjust. They I mean, will be forced that's, that's to do. That's
2: it. happening. Iceland's made that promise that they'll be. So
1: if I walk into Iceland and go buy a frozen pizza, that frozen pizza won't be in a cardboard box and s- with single use plastic. That's what
2: they said. I can't remember when their target Come is. On, so
0: I
1: think it's fairly soon. We? Well, I just think it's rubbish.
2: Yeah, I know. It's, it's. I mean, that's.
1: It's all good and well to say it, but you actually have to do it. And I think the. But I think a huge amount of people would would say, "Okay, I'm in." Like if you, so I think
2: places are doing it. Waitrose, I had a ready meal from there the other day. Cardboard container in the ready meal Yeah. instead of plastic. They've got loads of. But their, it's
1: gradual, right? It, it
2: is gradual. But so, I think so, if, it's if it's you just faster. went,
1: we're not taking them anymore as of next week, because they did. You know the plastic bag ban, which is, I mean, it was just brilliant in its simplicity.
2: Just ninety percent reduction. Just put in the Just tax feet. people. Yeah, because people don't like paying
1: stuff and you don't have to take a bag. I
2: don't even think it's people don't like paying for stuff. I think it's just there's that reminder. I think there's that like oh damn should have brought a bag like yeah. it, it puts it in your you head. Do, well suddenly you're it's embarrassed. Suddenly not thoughtless.
1: Yeah yeah. 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 And I don't and I think that's the kind of thing that and I don't you know I don't want to tax people to encourage people to do stuff because I think that's ridiculous. I think it is all about free markets. But um sometimes there's there's a subtle nudge and I think 5p was obviously enough to nudge most people not to bother. But if you really need one, it's not going to...
2: The other thing is, there's that like, if, so in our local Waitrose, if you go there and you haven't taken your own plastic bag, they don't have them out anymore. You have to ask the lady for one. And she'll be like, yeah, that's no problem, but you still feel like a bit of a nod.
1: Well, we go to um, Costa Coffee Costa Coffee in the morning, right? And I'm sure they're not good for the environment. But anyway, we so we have these little mugs that you take in. So when we walk the dog... Um, who is fast asleep and has been a little angel anyway when we take him in the morning you go and you get a filter coffee and you get 50p off it with your plastic with your mug your reusable mug and so actually you've got a half decent coffee for 50p I mean it's really easy yeah you're going to judge me on my team no no I was going to
0: say when I drive to work and I uh, fill out a waitrose slash shell petrol station Mm -hmm. here's the irony um, you can't uh, you can't get a single use cup to use their coffee machines, you've got to bring your own recyclable cup, or, 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 or spend fifty p for mm. a recyclable. And that's it. If you don't give
1: people again. a choice, then obviously that, and then they'll fuss like everyone always does, and then give it a week and no one will remember.
2: Well, it's like like these like the fridges. Going back to the fridges, I mean, it, so um, this year is the year that you can't get them um, the um, HFC ones anymore in like high income countries um, good. that were that were defined in the. In the Rwandan um, Accord, but um, uh, low-income countries are uh, either twenty twenty-four or twenty twenty-eight, depending on those so, different things. Just, for, so uh, for the overall ban of HFC. So
1: I think we can revisit some of this. I think the issue is we've now been on about fifty yeah. minutes, so we've gone over where we'd normally be. Refr- refrigerant management. Um, the a you know if we sorted it out, uh, could get it down by ninety gigatons, right? So that is really really big numbers. Um, so that is number one. Um, so there we go. So, it's a random one. I didn't think that would appear. So I thought they, it would be... larder,
0: yeah? Yeah, yeah the the but of it, your I
1: thought yeah. it would be... I thought the veg, vegetable diet would be a massive one. I thought moving to sort of greener energy sources... You I thought it
0: would be a, high, a lot higher up? What? Nuclear power.
2: Nuclear yeah. power, Nuclear
1: power it is, is higher, 20. but it's not in the top 10. Yeah.
2: I thought that um, uh, developing battery storage... Um, you and I always talk about that. I thought that would be higher, but I don't know if it's just I not yeah, quantifiable enough. I thought electric
0: enough. cars potentially because a third of our mm-hmm. um, CO two emissions. But then an electric car
2: is only as good as the the source of the electricity, right? So it's quite hard to quantify. And
0: yeah. on that
1: point, on that bombshell.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, top gear. Us. No, we were going <laughs> to do um,
1: we were going to do some news, but we haven't got time. Uh, so you don't get any, basically.
0: Um, so uh, it has been much. Kind of in in the. I think it's just all everyone's. No, there,
1: there is. We'll, 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 we'll chat, we'll chat. about the we'll news for next week. Um, so thank you very much, Nick. Thank you, uh, Harry. Thank you, and Rufus. Rufus, yeah. being such a good boy, and um, we will see you soon.